1: So, you know, I'm on my Texas road trip, traveling down the country roads and stuff. And my truck brought me to Austin, Texas, one of my favorite cities of all times. And sure enough, I drove right into a distillery, sitting down with Chris Seals from Steel Austin, one of their founding fathers. And I got a whole bunch of whiskey in front of me. He's a Texas boy himself, just like me. Chris, welcome to the Bourbon Road.
0: Thank you, Mike. I'm glad to be here. And thank you. I'm so glad that you came to visit Austin.
1: Yeah, this is a beautiful city. First, they got my favorite football team of all time, right? The Texas Longhorns. I know listeners, you you don't like them, but I love them. So
0: um, one of the... I'm a a (laughs) Longhorn as well.
1: (laughs) One of the greatest streets in America to listen to live music, 6th Street.
0: Yeah. Um, there's a lot of great places around austin now too it's it's spread out uh, even yeah. beyond sixth street there used to be a show called austin city limits yeah um, austin city limits
1: great, is great great show still going today yes I and one of uh, the longest running shows of all time
0: we even have the one of the biggest uh, music festivals uh austin city limits uh, acl uh music festival yep. yeah
1: and now it's becoming a mecca for whiskey because of you
0: I don't know about that. We're trying to do our part. Uh, live up <laughs> live up to uh, some pretty incredible whiskeys around uh, the United States right now. There is. It's uh, it's a boom and still. It's yeah. not stopping. And fans, uh,
1: listeners out there, we are inside the distillery. We're in the tasting room today. There's just a wall of whiskey behind Chris. We'll make sure we post some photos of that, but man... We got whiskey in front of us, but we also have something that Jim likes, and I know he's going to be super jealous of this. It's a one of a kind gin. Uh, so tell me about it.
0: Yeah, so like our gin is a little bit unusual. A lot, I mean, a lot of whiskey lovers are not gin drinkers, um, and uh, but almost every whiskey bar uh, has to have a gin cocktail because there's some gin drinker that that comes in. And so, uh, wh- one of the things that we did early on, we had a uh, We're very community-based in everything we do, and uh, our people are a big part of Still Austin. And uh, we had a distiller, uh, Allie Block, and she was basically working the night shift, uh, making bourbon. And uh, she really, um, she came to us and said, I would like to make a gin I was like, well, Allie, actually, we're a whiskey distillery. We don't, we don't make gin. And uh, she's like, well, what if I made a gin that whiskey lovers love? I was like, well, that's pretty good. That, that sounds pretty good. Let's give it a shot. And so uh, that kind of ended up being sort of the inspiration for our gin. Uh, and what we, what we did, uh, everything that we make, we make it uh, ourselves uh, from grain to glass. And all of our grains are, are, not only are they all grown by family-owned farms here in Texas, but they are Texas grain varieties, which is a slight difference. It's not just the terroir of like, like what it tastes like if it's grown in Texas, but it's it's you know, like a, the white corn that we have here is the kind that's like in our corn chips and corn tortillas and kind of the backbone of like our Tex-Mex culture uh, as compared to like the yellow corn that you have in, you know, the Ohio Valley that makes great Kentucky bourbon. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, it has a little different taste uh, because it's kind of it's our, our grain varieties. And uh, here we grow a kind of rye uh, called Elbon, Uh, That's kind of sweet and spicy. Uh, It's delicious. Uh, It's not the kind most uh, distilleries that uh, in the Kentucky area that I think primarily use uh, a bruise is the variety of rye that they like. And uh, it grows really well kind of up in Canada and kind of up kind of more northern climates. Uh, But uh, we've got Elbon down here and Elbon is it's just a different, slightly different flavor. And so uh, we we distilled a rye whiskey that is the base of our gin. Uh, And so instead of putting juniper at the center of the of the of the uh, botanicals, we 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 let the rye shine. Uh, So I'll, I'll let you taste it here. You'd still fool me that the juniper is not in there. Oh, there is. There is juniper in there for sure. Because I can. Of course. um, I've cut down some cedar trees in my life. You can smell it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To be called gin, it has to have juniper in it. Um, But the botanicals are made to pair well with the rye. So like the rye is kind of, like I said, it's sweet and spicy. So the sweetness is really balanced by three citruses. Uh, So we've got uh, orange. Uh, Obviously in Texas, we grow a lot of grapefruit. Uh, and, uh, uh, a little bit of lemon. Uh, so those, those citruses kind of balance some of the sweetness and then we really wanted to accentuate the, uh, spice of the rye with some spices that are pretty common to our, uh, our, uh, uh food and beverage culture. And so a little bit of, uh, cinnamon, two types of cinnamon actually, and, uh, Jamaican allspice. Uh, so I'll let you guys taste it here and see what you think. Cheers. So.
1: When you said grapefruit, I get that grapefruit right there, that citrus, that really just sweet citrus from a grapefruit, Mm -hmm. that ruby red grapefruit that Texas is known for. That's right. Um, just delicious me and my brother actually had a, a long discussion about um, grapefruit cocktails and uh, whiskey mm-hmm. and how they pair great together and absolutely um, but i could man this would be great with some grapefruit juice i think
0: yeah no it, it makes a great uh any of the like kind of classic uh uh like a bee's knees uh which is just honey uh and uh lemon and and gin uh, or any of any other like a Paloma. Paloma, um, I was going to say that. Really quite nice. That's um, one of
1: Jim's favorite drinks, and that, that's something he would pour in there.
0: Yeah. The uh, sorry, Jim, we're we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're drinking without you, but uh, we'll we'll send some your way. Uh,
1: yeah, he would appreciate that. He's a he's a big gin guy. He calls that his secondary whiskey. Yeah. Uh, the, his other go-to is gin. Um, where mine would probably be uh, rum, um, but since I've been on the podcast. <laughs> i've kind of snuck over to that gin a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, barrel aged gins uh i it, my palate you know as you get older your palate changes a lot and you have a lot more appreciation i think for fine spirits like this right here mm-hmm. and uh you find out that there's a paloma out there that you could drink or that's knees or something like that and it it Beautiful gin, uh, and a lot of Thank distilleries you. will do that because they can put it in a bottle before anything else comes out, right?
0: Certainly. It does come out a little bit faster. It's about a week from the time that uh, the farmer uh, brings the grains here until uh, the, the gin is ready to bottle, so it's a lot faster. Um, uh, but it's the same craft uh, and everything being from grain to glass.
1: Now, we, we kind of walked through your uh, distillery really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I didn't walk up that that stairwell very fast. Uh, to see the steel and to taste some whiskey that's yeah, running. Yeah, it's kind of steep going back there. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about your steel itself real fast before we get into the history of Steel Austin. Sure. What's that? What's what you name that steel? That big old thing you got in
0: there. Uh, so our steel's name is Nancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's named after uh, the lead character in the film, The Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. And so uh, give you one guess how tall she is. <laughs> She's a very tall lady. She's made um you know a lot where we we are we we have uh, really embraced uh column distillation. Um I, back when my dad and I were first starting the distillery, we we had a vision that we were going to be a big pot still operation and uh uh that's kind of I don't I think I don't even know why. I just think that that's what we thought was the best and um we have we have a master distiller uh, michael delavante uh he's a jamaican white guy uh, very funny uh he's he uh opened appleton rum uh really? in the uh i guess that was like the uh, early 60s uh in their current facility uh designed it and um he's he's worked at over 100 distilleries uh he's a very very knowledgeable guy and uh, he's, to our knowledge, the, the oldest guy, <laughs> oldest distiller working in North America today. Really? Uh, yeah. Mike's a very, fun, very, very, very interesting guy. And they said he's working a night nice shift tonight. That, well, that, <laughs> no, he's, uh, um, he's pretty well retired these days, but he knows a little bit about making spirits. And uh, we asked him to help us with a design of a still that would be able to isolate and bring out the flavor from our Texas grain. And that was really important to us. And uh, uh, Mike helped us to work with Forsythes uh, in Scotland. Forsythes uh, is a still manufacturer. Um, it, we're a little different. Most of the column stills in the United States are made by uh, Vendome. Uh, yep. they, they've been doing it for a long time. A lot of uh, tradition, uh, a lot of focus on quality. And uh, we like them a lot. Um, and uh, have a have very high respect for Vindome. But we felt like, uh, uh, for may be able to help us a little bit more. Uh, they're, they're based in Scotland. Uh, they're a little older, uh, than, uh, than Vendome. And, uh, they, uh, just have a, a reputation for being able to make a, a, still that is able to, uh, first to just withstand the test of time, uh, the quality in the, in the, In in how it's made and then also the the uh, precision uh, in the design and our ability to be able to bring out some of the flavor, like I said, uh, flavor from our our local grain, Uh, typically with uh, with a a typical column still, um, there's usually three or four rectification trays at the top. Um, And those three or four trays uh, different, they're a little warmer down below and a little cooler up above. And so different distillates will collect on those, on those three or four trays. Uh, but rather than having three or four, uh, Nancy has 12 and that gives us a lot more control over the quality of the spirit so we can really isolate and bring out the flavor from our Texas grain.
1: Nice, nice. Well, you've done poured a uh, straight bourbon whiskey, a Texas straight bourbon whiskey at that, right? That, that is correct. Um, um, aged a little over two years.
0: That's right. In the uh, hot Texas sun. Uh, it is hot in the Texas sun, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, we uh, so we, we uh, call our uh, straight bourbon the musician. Uh, And there's a musician that's on the front of the label. Uh, uh, The musician is actually painted by uh, the Texas state artist uh, uh, or or a person who's been the Texas state artist, uh, Mark Burkhart, uh, one of our local artists. We work entirely with local artists for all of our labels. And uh, it's a great way of us being able to support our community and uh, bring out like the things that they're really good at uh, and uh, kind of show off their work. Uh, I think he did a beautiful job with a uh, musician uh, on the front and obviously Austin, live music capital of the world a you know, little music connection.
1: Now I see that bird on almost everything here. Um, what's the bird?
0: You know, um, the bird is a very unusual bird. Uh, so you see that it's a technically a tanager um, and it's a red bird, you don't see it very often. Stands out, right? Yeah. Um, it's a very, it's very pretty. Almost everybody is drawn to that bird, but they don't know quite why. Um, I think that that's kind of um, it's a it's a symbol that Mark painted into the musician, and it ended up becoming the symbol of Still Austin. So we didn't say, "Hey, Mark, paint a bird." He painted a songbird so that you would know that the woman in the painting is singing, and. Uh, it's kind of, it kind of became our symbol, and I, I think that uh, um, it's kind of like a lot of things. Uh, you don't necessarily uh, you go on this journey of starting a authentic craft whiskey distillery, and you have some idea in your mind of where that's going to go. But if you're really, if you are really focused on quality, and you really try with everything that you do um, to be very authentic and bring out. Uh, not only the natural flavor of com- that comes from your place, but also give a sense of who you are as people. You you end up kind of t- undertaking something that's bigger than just making a spirit. You're you're telling a story of a people and our values and what we love, and um, and you depend on your own artists, and uh, they end up becoming part of of what becomes your you know your story and your brand. And so um, uh, the, the red bird is, uh, is different. It's like Austin, uh, you know, our local slogan, keep Austin weird. And uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, we really value what makes you different. Sure. And uh, you can kind of get a little sense of that, a hint of it on, on our label. So what's the mash bill on this uh, sure. right here? Yeah. It's 70% white corn. It's 25% Elbon rye and 5% malted barley. And the malted barley, if you can believe it, is grown in Brady, Texas, not far from where you grew up. Really? That's right. And uh, it's malted in Dallas at uh, Tex-Malt. Um, so it's is a little little, little uh, grain from from close to home for you. Yeah. And uh, we use, um, probably one other thing I'll, I'll say that probably really does make this a bit different um, is uh, we uh, we have a, a person on our team, uh, we have two Nancys. We, we, do, we don't just have one. We have our still Nancy, We also have Nancy Fraley and Nancy is, um, she's our master nose and, um, master blender. And she, uh, she's very, um, absolutely incredible woman. Uh, she's, uh, master blended for a lot of the, uh, Kentucky distillers. She's uh, won a lot of awards, uh, for whiskey and to our knowledge as a, as a, as a ghost blender, she's won more awards than anybody we know of, wow. um, uh, worldwide. Uh, she's also, um, trained under a 10th generation, uh, cognac maker, and she's, uh, what's considered a musketeer of Armagnac. It's one of these 12 people in the world that can master blend the oldest age distilled spirit in the world, which is Armagnac with uh, nearly a thousand years of tradition as compared to just 200 in bourbon. Uh, so it's a bit older. And she brought to us a lot of techniques, from France. Uh, and one of those is a slow water reduction, uh, slow water reduction, as uh, part of the technique that's used in cognac. Um, and what it is, is we're in, you know, normally in bourbon making, we, we put the whiskey in the barrel, put the barrel in the warehouse and just forget about it. Right. we we'll leave it there. Let it rest. Magic happens. Six, eight years later, we, we take it out. We water it down a little bit and put it in a bottle. um, that's it. And so that little step where you water it down a bit, um, we stretch that into years. And uh, what we'll do is we'll open each barrel uh, every month or two and add a little bit of water to the barrel. And what that does is it, it very slowly brings down the alcohol concentration while it's still maturing. When the alcohol concentration is high at the beginning of the maturation, you get more alcohol solubles coming out of the oak, like your oak tannin, say for instance. Um, but as you slowly bring that down and it moves to having more water than alcohol, then it, it tends to, you know, extract from the oak more water solubles like the oak sugars. And by doing that, you know, little by little, very slowly and meticulously over time, every month or so, we add a new layer of flavor to our bourbon. And it tends to make it very soft, uh, very well-rounded. Kind of takes you on a little journey uh, from the nose all the way through to the finish. Uh, And it has this quality that we really like of finesse. And finesse is, a, I think, a, what, what um, every distiller aspires to create um, because it can kind of gently tell a little story uh, in what you taste. So that, that's kind of what makes ours a little bit different.
1: Very soft nose on this bourbon right here. Um, it's still got that caramely, you know, you can tell the corn's in there. Um, very floral, though, on this bourbon. I'm, I'm kind of shocked by that, um, how
0: much florals are in there and stuff. But, hey, cheers. 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 Oh, and I've also learned recently, whenever you cheers, and this is something that you're, all your viewers will need to know, whenever you cheers, you must always do it with your left hand, never your right. And you must make eye contact when when you clink. <laughs> when you clink. Or <laughs> it's seven years of bad sex. And I don't want that to happen to any of your listeners. Nobody wants seven years of bad sex. That's That's right. That's for sure. None of our listeners
1: want that. A little tip from Austin, Texas. (laughs) Well, a lot of people think uh, great taste in bourbon right here. Uh, That rye spice. Uh, Jim, once again, you're missing out, man. Uh, The rye spice. He's a rye guy. I'm a weed guy. Uh, So, Jim, man, some gin and some whiskey. I promise I'm going to bring something back with me, though. Beautiful, beautiful bourbon. Um, I can see you. why you guys are so hot right now. Everybody's wanting to get their hands on this uh, throughout America. Very beautiful. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoy it. Before we're, we uh, finish up this first half, uh, you know, when you were walking around, you said this almost didn't happen because your dad was the one that wanted to start a distillery, right? And yeah, that's right. You want to talk him out of it. Why don't you run us through that?
0: Yeah. So um, my it was really my dad's idea, this entire thing. And I, um, I like I told you, I'm an economist. Uh, I used to do uh, risk management. How bad can things get? That's what I got paid to figure out. Uh, and so when my dad came to me and said he wanted to start a craft whiskey distillery, I mean, like it didn't take long for the wheels to start turning. And I was like, this is the worst idea that I've ever, I, I, I got paid to do feasibility studies for a living. This was going to be the worst, uh, the worst risk, you know, profile ever. And so, um, but my dad had recently retired. He was going through what I would consider to be a uh, retirement crisis. Uh, he was very bored. And like I told you, he's driving my mom crazy. And uh, so I, I could tell my dad wanted to spend time with me. And I love my dad. And I wanted to spend time with him too. Um, and so I thought I would be really smart and uh, suggest that we do a feasibility study on whether or not Austin could... Could support a craft whiskey distillery, and I actually already knew the answer was no. They cannot, Um, uh, you know, because I was so smart, and actually, because I've done so many of these uh, (laughs) these uh, uh, you know feasibility studies over the years that you know this is this may come as a shock to you and to a lot of your listeners, but ninety nine percent of good ideas are actually bad ideas. (laughs) It's true. Well, it depends on how much passion is behind that that's, idea. That's you know that that is that's part of what what shifts it. So you can't factor that into it, right? No, you you know you, that that can overcome a lot. And so I actually thought this was a bad idea and but I didn't see any reason to tell my dad that upfront. I was like, let's study this. Like what are we well, going we're going gonna to need to do some market research. We're go- we're going to Kentucky. We're everybody, gonna,
1: everybody goes to Kentucky.
0: We're going to Scotland. Yeah. We're, we're going to visit a lot of distilleries. And dad and I are going to drink a lot of whiskey together. And we are going to have a really good time, you know, quote unquote, studying this. And then once we've had that time and my dad has settled into retirement and he's no longer driving my mom crazy, we're going to come to our senses and decide this is a terrible idea. And that's what I signed up for. And... We did all that. We and we had a great time doing it. And then, state laws in Texas changed, and that made it more feasible to open a craft whiskey distillery. So all of a sudden, we were more lucky than smart, and uh, it 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 really kind of changed things for us. And uh, we thought, well, um, you know, we 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 kind of started to understand what it what it takes uh, to start something, and it's obviously a major undertaking. It's not just a liquid; it's like you're telling this incredible story um and uh and we felt like you know um why not us so uh we we uh threw some money in a hat and got started yeah i'm sure just that must have been a big old hat for sure Uh,
1: (laughs) as i look around here right because i know what steels cost you know you you know what bottles cost you know what grains cost right uh it Mm -hmm. it takes a lot to get something like this started. so do you feel like Today, looking back at that, you're like, damn, I was wrong. Uh,
0: I'm very proud to say that I'm often wrong. Um, in fact, uh, any economist that ever tells you that their forecast is right has a 100% chance of being wrong. And so I, I was very wrong about how uh, successful Still Austin could be, and I couldn't be happier about that. Uh, and we've got uh, to be totally uh, disclosing um it, we, we are community funded as well. Uh, and uh, so every, every, it's all local business people that have helped to uh, invest in and, and build a, a beautiful distillery that can represent Austin and, and our place in the you know, future of American craft whiskey. And um, everybody who works at the distillery owns part of it. Uh, and so it's very, uh, it, 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 as a result, we have the very best people because uh, everybody you know, looks at this business as their own because it is. Uh, and they they have a stake in it as well.
1: That, that's nice to hear and stuff that that you guys went down that path and actually you you thought it out and just didn't jump into it right because uh, you do hear those stories too of hey I'm just going to do this um, but just to hear your you and your dad went down that deal and you probably didn't believe him but maybe your dad and you were really that kid a uh, kind of college football here football. You know, I always, uh, there are some kids that just don't practice well. You know, they don't show very well when they're doing practice or if, or if they're trying to show their skills on the field until them lights come on. And then there's a... Uh, some clicks. Something something magical happens. Same thing with some musicians. Uh, you know, you talk to them or you hear yeah. them play in a small room or uh, in a private setting. And you're like, mm, I, you know, yeah, you're all right. But then they get up on that stage and it's like a, a switch flips or something and some magical something happens and it just comes out perfectly. And I'm always amazed at that. I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Absolutely. Um, and I don't, now you guys, I'm telling you, Chris, that you are hot commodity right now out there in the whiskey world. You're blowing uh, my mind
0: with that like uh, hot commodity. I don't yeah. even know what you're talking about. You uh, I, I but, told
1: so many people I was coming to steal Austin and uh, they, they were like, man, you're so lucky. You're, you're, you, you got the best job ever. You I are do. all
0: welcome to come to still Austin <laughs> and we will take as good care of you as we do of Mike. A hundred percent. I have no doubt. Uh, well, two great spirits, a gin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, that's not the uh, It's first called gym. the the naturalist.
1: The, the naturalist, because yeah. she's kind of naked on there.
0: Um, yeah, she's a, she's a naturalist, and uh, you know, there's a part of Austin actually that. Uh uh, a nude beach uh, that you can you can you guys should visit while you're here what's that um, place called uh, it's called Hippie Hollow Hippie and, uh, Hollow uh, yeah no, I, might quite, have, I might have been there before yeah. uh, it, <laughs> it's that was, awesome that I, was a long time ago I'm not I'm not going to say a negative thing about it um, but uh, you know we got a very uh, green culture here in Austin and uh, with our green belt and it's been one of the greenest cities for a long long time and uh, I felt like uh, uh, with all the botanicals that are in the gin they're all painted into the uh, painting on the front uh, of the lake um and uh we felt like the naturalist was kind of a an archetype that almost everybody could identify with and and you know uh who uh, yeah she might be naked but uh uh she's uh she's very very much enjoying her natural environment well she has got that old apple of sin in her hand it's an orange <laughs> that is an orange of sin it is a, it is an orange <laughs> yeah i think so
1: i don't know I'm it's to open it. for interpretation this could be a peach also who knows
0: yeah uh, we don't have any peaches in the mash bill so i'm pretty sure it's going to be an orange <laughs> grapefruit or it doesn't quite look like a lemon yeah yeah well listeners stick with
1: me uh chris will we'll be right back uh we'll have some more laughs uh drink some more He's got two special whiskeys for the second half i am super excited we'll be right back Listeners, you know what we love? We love some seldom-seen farms from up in Ohio. Aged in bourbon barrels for six to nine months. Kevin Holly and his family, they've got 2,500 maple trees where they're taking that sap and they're boiling it down and making beautiful maple syrup. But what they really do special is they take used bourbon barrels, they put that maple syrup in there, they age it six to nine months, like I said, and ship it out for you to taste in a cocktail. taste on pancakes, waffles, whatever you want to use. It only takes about a half an ounce for a cocktail though, and you replace that simple syrup with that. It's very beautiful. You can buy it by the case. You can buy it by a single bottle. They got the regular old maple syrup uh, for you to use for your children, but... That bourbon barrel aged maple syrup is simply delicious. Uh, You want to check out seldomseemaple.com. Go ahead and purchase some today. You will not regret it. They have some candles on there, they've got maple cotton candy for those kids in your house. Uh, We'd appreciate it if you'd check them out. All right, listeners, we are back, and I got Chris Seals with me from Steel, Austin. He's got two great whiskeys in here. I'm trying to get him out. He's, he's trying to go eat lunch on me. Man, he should take Big Chief with him, I think. I, I'm hungry. We're going oh. to a good place
0: for lunch, and, and, and we tried to get you guys some barbecue. So barbecue is like one of my favorites here in town, but it uh, uh, just takes time. So you're, you're going to have to come back. Uh, that way we can have barbecue together.
1: Well, Austin's one of my favorite places to visit, and I know my old brother is a favorite
0: place to visit, but you poured us a whiskey for the second half. What what do you got for us? Well, uh, I thought we might try two things. The first is the cask strength version of the musician. So, uh, like I mentioned before, with the musician, with our straight bourbon, we do this very slow, painstaking process of reducing the spirit. Uh, with the cask strength, we skip that step. We basically just leave it at the original flavor uh, as it, and at the same strength as it comes out of the cask. And so um, if our if our regular musician is kind of an acoustic, uh, this one's a little bit more like heavy metal. Uh, it's a very, very little bit bolder in, in flavor. Everything kind of stands out a little bit more. It's not too much different in terms of the flavors, but the flavors really do stand out. But I'll be curious what you think all right let's taste it all right cheers cheers Cheers. yeah now we know how to do it oh yeah
1: maybe
0: that's my problem uh yes it can be a problem if you if you clink with your right hand
1: Uh, everything's better to castrate I always say uh (laughs) it's a beautiful nose on there that that honey's Mm -hmm. coming out yes there's another something else is there that it's a dark pepper, like a, almost a black mm-hmm. pepper spice in there.
0: I get a lot of baking spices as well as cherry, uh, like a little dark cherry in there. Yeah, I could get that. Well, let's taste this thing.
1: That's got that pop rocks on the tongue right there.
0: A little bit. Yeah. A little bit of, little little, bit of little pop, bit. right? Yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, it's a 118 proof, uh, so it's a bit higher proof. Now I'm looking at your prices of everything. Mm-hmm. So the naturalist
1: is thirty two dollars for a bottle of gin. Correct. The musician is forty five and we're drinking this cast strength at sixty dollars. Great price for a cast strength whiskey. Um very, very beautiful price, I think, for that. That set you right up if you looked at some of the cast drinks from like Maker's Mark or uh, Knob Creek is going to run you about 60 bucks so you guys are
0: right on par with those guys we want people to enjoy whiskey Uh, we don't want them to overpay for it and uh, uh, that's one of the beautiful things about the kind of the way that we we did things we wanted still Austin be something that everyone can enjoy uh, at home anytime with their friends not just on a real special occasion that's that's amazing I think Uh, thank you man I enjoy it.
1: Very, very tasty whiskey for you, Chris. Uh, I don't know how you could change that up any different. That spice but, that, like you said, those baking spices are there in that taste. A little bit of nutmeg in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, not as much of vanilla as I would have thought.
0: Not Yeah, not quite as much. And then, uh, but you do have like kind of a full range of baking spices. Cinnamon, yeah. like you mentioned, nutmeg. Um, uh, maybe a little bit of that clove in there yes and also like kind of like brown butter and like there's a um, uh, like I kind of get you know like my grandmother her kitchen what she would what she would bake it always incorporated a lot of butter Uh, we don't really eat that much butter today but I have a lot of memories of it and I kind of get a little bit of that brown butter in the the, kind of some of the darker uh, flavors in the strength
1: and that's a tasty notes we're always talking about is from a your childhood right is mm-hmm. uh you want that stuff uh very very uh i'd rather look at that and hear people say that hey i had this memory from my grandmother cooking with butter and you know that's the taste i'm getting then somebody looking at a wheel and be like oh let me figure out what i'm
0: getting here know i've got a really interesting story about that and uh i think your your listeners would probably enjoy this too if you don't mind me saying it real quick but you know i was um back way back in the day i uh taught english in the philippines i I lived there for a summer and uh, while i was teaching there um my mom made chocolate chip cookies and she sent them to me and i i mean i've been eating you know Filipino food is, you know, primarily rice, uh, a lot of bananas, uh, different types. I mean, it's a it's a tropical place, right? There hadn't been a lot of chocolate chip cookies uh, in my uh, in my diet since I've been there, and I was so excited. And so, and she made enough that not only could I eat a bunch of them myself, but I could also share them with all my kids. <sighs> and so, what I did, and um, the, the what happened is really really helped me to understand whiskey. Um but what I did was on Friday of the week that they arrived when the classes were finished um I I set it out on a table where kids could come and get a chocolate chip cookie and so and I told them about what it is they had never seen chocolate chip cookies and they're so ex- you know like okay this is something from America and uh they these kids like I was like okay give it a bite uh, and they they put it in their mouth and then I watched as about 80 high school students began spitting out chocolate chip cookies on the ground they in the dirt it w- they <laughs> could not stand them they were like this to them was the most disgusting thing that they had ever tasted in their life they, it, they had never tasted flour they had never tasted refined sugar really and they had never tasted cocoa that goes into chocolate chips they have ute there which is a little different um, why did they hate it they'd never tasted it before It's new to their palate right it's their palate and you know one of the things dad and i noticed like we, we started to go visit all these distilleries there were places that we visited and we were like well that's really interesting like that was an interesting whiskey we liked it and we thought it was interesting and then there were some places that we went and we were like i love this i love it that is great what, what makes the difference? Why is one interesting and one, I love it? I think it is the one that is, I love it. There's something in it that connects deeply to our memories, not conscious, but like those layers of memories from when we were a child that make a chocolate chip cookie taste so comforting to me and so foreign to someone who's never had it. And yeah. I think that that is what you get for, you know, we're here in Texas and we wanted people to love what we make. And by focusing on everything coming from our region, most often thing we hear, I love this. It's because it's the same corn that's in our Tex-Mex. It's the same, yeah. it's the same things that show up in our, that have been in our lives uh, our whole life, and uh, it make, makes for just like a really it it it's subconscious, but it really elevates how you enjoy things.
1: You, you brought up tex and I was watching a video the other day or a documentary about tex and how long it's been around. Really, a lot of people have a misconception about it as a modern thing. It's really not. And down in San Antonio, right outside the Alamo these ladies used to set up these carts mm-hmm. um, and they would serve tamales and yeah. uh, charl beans and any really Tex-Mex, Chiladurinos, just some great food, street tacos and stuff. And they were called the Chili Queens. <laughs> um, <laughs> the and Chili you can just imagine that food and that Tex-Mex back yeah. then. And uh, it, it kind of pairs with this whiskey right here. Um, some great whiskey to drink with that, especially with this little kick of spice to it. Absolutely, um, that chili, that
0: sweet you know, and that spice po- poblano, mm-hmm. right?
1: Because a poblano is everybody's like, when I eat a poblano, uh, a, a chile poblano, everybody's like, you're eating that giant pepper and it's spicy. And I was like, no, it's got a little spice to it, but it's got that sweetness of that yeah, pepper absolutely. in it and stuff. And. Uh, that memory right there made me think of that. You're talking yeah. about that and the Texas culture, Tex-Mex food uh, that I grew up with as a kid. You
0: see it in our barbecue too. That's what I think yeah. part of what differentiates Texas barbecue from you know like uh, North Carolina and other barbecue centers of uh, the United States is that sweet spice, uh, sweet and spicy. That's a flavor profile Texas yeah. love. Yeah, you
1: know, that brown sugar in there. Get a yeah. little brown sugar love.
0: <laughs> well, you got one more whiskey for us before Absolutely. you get
1: a jet out on us. What you got?
0: All right. So um, we have uh, at the distillery only uh, a series that's called our distillery reserve series. And the distillery reserve series, we do two things with it. Two challenges, I would say. Uh, the first is we challenge our distillers. They make the best they the best possible every single day. But with the Distillery Reserve, they have carte blanche to really step it up a level. We also do the same thing with our brand and marketing team and all of our creatives that are part of our community. Uh, And with each label, we feature a different artist. So Zuzu is a local spray paint artist, and this uh, uh, label, each and each individual label was spray painted individually uh, uh, by Zuzu, and it kind of is a, a unusual uh, label that you don't expect. I was something. trying
1: to think of a old school artist that paints like that, and I was thinking Van Gogh,
0: and maybe a little uh, bit.
1: I, that that's what I'm looking at that label, that? and I'm like, man, that's. There's yeah. oh, some
0: true art right there. She, she's an amazing artist. And we've focused on many different artists uh, through the Distillery Reserve Series. But this particular release is a 100% Elbon rye whiskey that has been further aged in a cognac cask that Nancy Fraley was able to source from uh, one of the uh, uh, older uh, uh, cognac producers in the town of Cognac. So um it's uh I get some dry red wine on that. Oh uh, yeah maybe uh, let me see here. I uh, you know I, I, you mentioned red wine and that's kind of surprising me and I, I can kind of smell it a bit as well. Uh, cognac is actually a, a white um mm-hmm. uh grape but the maybe that oak from that. Yeah for sure. I like it. Well, hey.
1: Okay. Let's let's do this right Properly. this time. Look Cheers. at each other. Left-handed. That's right. I'm good because I'm left-handed myself. That, that, so that, hey. yeah,
0: That's good. That's probably been helping you all along. I got that smart brain.
1: <laughs> now, that's different. That's a different rye right there. Yes. That's got a, uh, uh, Mitch said, a drying effect to it. Mm-hmm. It is dry on the back of the palate. Um, it's got a little spice, but no Kentucky hug there. No hug, no Texas no. hug. Um, no, it's not hot. That is that black pepper I was talking about sitting on that back of the tongue right mm-hmm. there. That spice is like, wake up, buddy. Um, yeah, that's nice.
0: And The, uh, the Kenya kind of gives it a little bit of a brandy type of quality. Uh, it still has that softness. Um, the th- This really showcases the Elbon Rye. Uh, and later this year, we will release um, a new flagship product that is a... Uh, straight 100% rye whiskey. Uh, There's a lot of rye whiskeys out there, not a lot that are 100% rye. Uh, And so it really does stand out.
1: They're starting, rye is starting to come into its own again Mm -hmm. when it was the king of American spirits. Yeah. Um, Back from George Washington days. We're about to see a boom in rye whiskeys. Um, where Americans are starting to enjoy it again. Um, I wrote an article about that not too long ago about Uh. where I started at in America in the 1640s, 1650s, I think in Massachusetts by German immigrants. And then it's kind of rise and then it's fall um, in American spirits as a whiskey. And now it's kind of coming back. It's people realizing, man, these, these, these things are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see the different mash bills of that, either from a 95.5 or 100% rye. Mm-hmm. Or, the, you know, one of our favorites is a Kentucky rye, where they use about 65% rye. Sure. And the rest corn and some, some malted barley in there. Chris, uh, four beautiful, beautiful spirits here. Thank Three you. Three great whiskeys. Uh, an amazing little gin right there. Thank um, you. That has a great price point on it, by the way. I'm glad to see that it's not $100 a bottle. Some great artwork on each label. Thanks to our artists. Yeah. And you've agreed to do a giveaway for us.
0: Absolutely. Yes. A,
1: a bottle of your Steel Austin straight bourbon whiskey. Um, so a, a t-shirt and a glass for one of our listeners. What would we say we're going to do if
0: at noontime on our Instagram post? Uh, what do they got to tell us? You need to know the swimming hole in Austin, Texas that is clothing optional. Yeah. Uh, put that on our Instagram post on this. Let me know
1: where that's uh, at, the name of it. Um, I think we'd really enjoy it. And you'll get a bottle of this still Austin straight bourbon whiskey. Um, that's an amazing giveaway. Chris, thanks for doing that for our listeners, for your fans out there. Like I said,
0: you're a hot commodity right now. Mike, it is an honor having you guys here. Uh, I've absolutely enjoyed it. And uh, your personality has been uh, the best part. Uh, I have to say, you guys are awesome. I'm I'm very, very happy that you came to visit me. And uh, you you guys are welcome back here anytime. And anything we can do to support you guys, we support you 100%. Where can our fans find you guys at? Uh, stillaustin.com. Uh, if you're outside of Texas or Louisiana, that will probably be the fastest way to find a bottle of Stillaustin. Uh, we can... Uh, we can uh, uh, facilitate uh, it getting to you. Although we do not ship, uh, since that is technically illegal in Texas, we do have some partners that do. Uh, and so just check out stillaustin.com if you're in Texas or Louisiana. Um, uh, any of your local liquor stores will be able to uh, help you with uh, getting a bottle of Still Austin. Um, and uh, of course, I, we, we love, love, love uh, for people to come and visit us. Uh, and so whenever you're coming to Austin for South by Southwest or uh, Austin City Limits or just coming here for fun, Uh, Swing by still Austin whiskey. I think you will have a really good time. We have a lovely, uh, tasting room and, and whiskey garden and, uh, our, our, our food trailer, um, uh, is the bearded baking company and it's two gay lumberjacks that love to bake and they are really good at it. You will be surprised at how good they are at baking. Uh, and they, they make some really delicious brunch. So I'd highly recommend, uh, coming by for brunch on, uh, Uh, in, in, in any Saturday any Sunday well make sure you give Steel
1: Austin a follow on Instagram on Facebook I don't know if you guys got a TikTok account
0: now Uh, We don't have a TikTok, uh, but we do have uh, Instagram and Facebook, uh, still underscore ATX or still ATX on uh, Facebook. Um, And uh, uh, you should be able to find all of our our handles on our website. I think you need to have a TikTok
1: of of you dancing and stuff on there. I don't know. Uh, I think that'd be
0: pretty amazing. I'm quite a terrible dancer, but I guess everybody (laughs) is
1: on TikTok, right? Well, until you get some whiskey in you. That's true. That can help. Hopping along Texas. I don't know. uh, Doing that step and a half, as we like to call it. Um, Chris, man, thank you so much for letting us come in here, letting us kind of invade your uh, your home turf here in Austin, Texas. Uh, um, Two Texas boys walking in here drinking whiskey. That's what it's all about. This has been so much fun. I can't thank you enough. I know our listeners love a giveaway um, and uh, they'll give you a big thanks and a big follow. um, And we look to seeing you on down the bourbon road. Sounds great. Thank you, Mike. So listeners, you know where you can find us at. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all those social medias, Twitter, wherever you can find us. We are The Bourbon Road on all those platforms. Make sure you check us out on there. Also, you can check out our website, thebourbonroad.com. You can find our articles on there, our reviews, our swag, the bourbon bullshitter t-shirt. You know you want to rock one of those out when you walk into a distillery. So make sure you check that out. You can actually go on our website and send us a message on there letting us know what distillers you want us to visit, what whiskeys you want us to review. Make sure you do that. We'd appreciate it. The next thing I need you to do is go ahead and scroll on up. Hit that check sign, that plus sign, that subscribe sign. That'll let you know we got two shows coming out that week. Uh, The first show is always a review of a craft whiskey like Steel Austin or our long show, which I'll have a great guest on like Chris Seals here um, at Steel Austin, uh, making sure you get to work and back about 30 minutes each half. Uh, make sure you do that. Then we need to just scroll on down, hit that five-star review, write some comments. Um, you know what will happen if not. I'll bring my friend, the Big Bad Booty Daddy of Bourbon, with me. We'll drink some Steel Austin all night. By the end of the night, you're going to leave us that five star review. I guarantee uh, we really appreciate it. But seriously, those comments, those uh, five stars get us into distilleries like Steel Austin, gets great whiskey in our hands to review. We would really appreciate it. You can always reach out to us on our emails. He's uh, Jim at the Bourbon Road. I'm Mike at the Bourbon Road. But probably the best way to reach out to us is on Instagram. You can DM us. He's Shannon 63 I'm Big Bourbon Chief, and we'll see you on down the Bourbon Road.